You're listening ad-free with Wondery Plus. This is not a story about an old man and bifocals at the center of a revolution, but rather the tale of a boy who had no idea he'd one day wind up on the $100 bill. I'll never forget that moment in the tunnel beneath George Williamson's print shop, the day I encountered my first dead body. Someone murdered George Williamson, Hannah. For real this time. And it still was not me. I'm aware of that, Ben. Rest in peace, Mr. Williamson. Hold the lantern closer to him, please. I'm not Veracity Quince. But I can tell you, he's definitely not alive. I want to get a look at that knife in his back. It's fine metal work. It certainly did its job. I mean, this is no ordinary weapon. The jeweled handle, the fit and finish. So the killer has taste. Are you drawing in your notebook right now? I'm making myself a sketch of the knife so that I can investigate its origins. Please don't touch him. I'm trying to see what's in his hand. I can tell you what's in his hand. Because it was supposed to be for me. For you? I'm sorry to do this, Mr. Williamson. The certificate Hannah took from George's hand was printed with eagles and coronets. This certifies that the holder is sole owner of one share of stock in the Manhattan Municipal Company. A stock certificate? Mr. Williamson told me it was a way to invest in the city and to grow our savings. They wouldn't sell to people of color. He bought certificates on my behalf, and my mother's. He was holding it when he was killed. (gasps) Did you hear that? Oh, not more rats, please. Someone else is down here. What if the killer's still in the tunnel? I hadn't thought of that. Rats don't seem so bad now, do they? me as Benjamin Franklin, statesman, inventor, founding father. But back in the 1720s as a teenager in New York, I was just plain Ben. Aspiring printer, budding adventurer, dreamer, and a detective on the trail of a murderer. Maybe we should try and set a trap. Are you certain the killer hasn't set one for us? Excellent point. We should be going. Wait. I truly am sorry, George. You were a good friend. You deserved so much better. We're going to find out who did this. I promise. Come on. Let's go. Hannah took us up streets and alleyways, all the way to a forest and to collect pond on the northern outskirts of the city. The pond had already begun to freeze. It's like we're in the country. I didn't know this was here. Many people would like to forget it exists. I live not far from here. What are all these markers in the ground? Our people aren't allowed to be buried in the public cemetery at Trinity Church. 
So we lay them to rest near the pond's edge. My father's down there. By that old oak tree. Oh. I'm sorry. What happened? He was born into slavery. And though he bought his freedom, he lived a hard life. One day, his heart just gave out. But he loved that big oak tree. It's there where he taught me to read. And where we dreamed of building a school one day. The Abraham Bone School. It will happen. I don't doubt you for a moment. Nor do I. That's my house over there. Mother runs her shop inside. Mother! Hannah, where have you been? Are you alright? Yes. And no. Come sit, sweetheart. Mary Bowen sat at her sewing bench with a pair of round spectacles perched on her nose. Her fingers were long and nimble from years of mending other people's clothes. She studied me as if I were an interesting sort of mouse. Who's your friend here? This is the strange boy I was telling you about. Ben Franklin. Pleased to meet you, ma'am. Hannah says you were lost, Ben Franklin. Uh, Yes, ma'am. And more so by the moment. What's the matter? George Williamson is dead, Mother. Someone killed him. Oh, good Lord. May he rest in peace. As Mrs. Bowen said a silent prayer, I noticed an object framed on her wall. A version of the same certificate George had in the tunnel. You have another stock certificate from the Manhattan Municipal Company. Like the one George was holding when he died. He had our new certificate. Yes. Here it is. Another golden ticket. It took all my savings to purchase them. George said they were the best investment money can buy. I've heard about this kind of business. As the company grows, so does the value of your stock. And it will grow. I believe it. Lord Billingsgate is haughty and no friend of ours. But he has big plans for the city. Lord Billingsgate? He owns the Manhattan Municipal Company? And now we own pieces of it, too. You should see the drawings we were showed. The Manhattan Municipal Company is going to pay for paved streets and clean water. They're even building a bridge from here to Brooklyn. A bridge to Brooklyn? And one day, we'll have enough money to build my school and for Mother to retire. I'm fine, dear. Although my eyes are weary from all the stitching. You should see how she takes her spectacles on and off all day long. One pair to do her work, and another to see distances. Perhaps you need one pair of eyeglasses that can do both. And where do I find magic like that? I'll put my mind to it and see what I can do. Before you do that, you should find a place to sleep that's not the city jail. We don't have much extra space here, but... I can put some pillows on the sewing bench. That's very kind of you, Mrs. Bowen, but I'd never put you and your daughter in danger like that. I've been resisting it, but I do know one place I can go.
The Bag of Nails Tavern was the roughest, rowdiest establishment I've ever had the misfortune to enter. It made the taverns of Boston look like Queen Anne's tea parties. With all eyes upon me, I kept my head down and found him seated at a table with two mugs of hot cider. Hello, Denny. Well, if it isn't the notorious fugitive himself. You're awfully brave to show your face in public. I'll carve my name into your face. How's that? Come here. Holy Neptune! Give him space, bitch. Doesn't seem as if these patrons are likely to turn me into the law. You sorted that out, did you? So to what do I owe the pleasure? George Williamson is dead. What about the peg spot? I believe he used it to fake his own murder. But then someone caught up to him and put a knife in his back. Bad luck, that. Did you know there were tunnels underneath his print shop? Tunnels everywhere in this city, kid. Best not to ask too many questions. But asking questions is what I do. I noticed. So are you here to thank me for rescuing you? Perhaps to finally offer your expertise to me and my dirty dogs? a place to stay. Had a feeling you'd be needing that. Let's say we head out. Smitty, I'll take another cider for the I'm road. Kill you. Not if you're already dead. Mind your feet. Excuse us, fellas. Carry on. Oi, dirty dogs. I've brought us home a most distinguished guest. Not the welcome I'd hoped for. Guess Ruby and the boys are out working. You mean out robbing people? You'd be surprised, Benjamin. Our business is quite diversified. Which is why I'm pleased you've elected to join us. Well, I never said I'd be This here will be your bed. Fresh linens and everything. Even gave you our softest pillow to rest that precious head of yours. How did you know I was going to need a bed? Educated guess from a self-educated man. My friend Hannah accused me of being overconfident. Whew, you got me beat by a mile. Confidence comes from planning. I leave nothing to chance. You don't believe in luck? I'm Irish. Of course I believe in it. I just find that the harder I work, the more luck I have. That's an excellent aphorism. Mind if I write it down? Be my guest. I may have borrowed Danny's quote later in my life. I don't think he'd mind. But on that night, as Danny Quinn took me outside to sit on the docks, I couldn't help but think about the role luck was playing in my own life. Little over three years ago, I stepped onto a ship in Cork, Ireland, bound for these shores. Poor and hungry, nothing in my pockets but determination. Kind of like me. Only I wasn't leaving my life up to the fates. Some see New York as cold and unfeeling, dirty and dangerous. And she's all of those things for sure. She's also around 20 square miles of pure hope and opportunity for those willing to snatch it. And that's what you did. But I'm still doing. From day one, I've thought of nothing but how to improve my standing in this world. How do I make Danny Quinn better off than he was yesterday? And that's where you come in. I told you, not going to be a thief for you. I'd be a fool to waste your talents on petty crimes. 
I know all about your exploits in Boston. You do? Like I said, preparation, Benjamin. I've read the collected works of Silence Do Good. I heard how a bold boy and his wharf rats outsmarted the royal governor himself. You're not like the dirty dogs. Neither are you. <laughs> Big Lou, Sonny, Harry, Ruby. They're my family. But they're... limited. You and me, Benjamin. Sky's the limit. I'm not certain what that means, or if I like the sound of it. Come now. It's not like you've never broken a law. And who writes these laws anyway? Who do they benefit? Not folks like us or Ruby. Certainly not your friend Hannah. But how does stealing help anything? I don't want to be a thief forever. I want to run this town. And when I do, I won't be Lord Billingsgate trampling people under the wheels of his carriage. What exactly do you want from me, Danny? Well, for starters, I've sent the dogs to collect the pieces of George Williamson's print and press. We'll set it up here in the warehouse and help you distribute your writings to the masses. How does that sound? I can print my own newspaper? As soon as you're able. What do you say, Benjamin? I say, let's get started. Uh, this part slides into place like so. Careful there, Big Lou. All this for a bunch of words? It's not the words, Ruby, but the thoughts behind them that matter. Danny and the Dirty Dogs were not my idea of the ideal printing helpers, but they kept their promise. They helped me reassemble George Williamson's printing press right in the warehouse, and I even found a young apprentice to assist me, a true fan of the written word. The press is assembled and ready to begin, Miss Bowen. What shall we print first, Mr. Franklin? How about a stirring manifesto about injustice and equality? Or perhaps a treatise on the glories of science? How about I just stab myself in the heart and save you the trouble of boring us all to death? I have an idea. What if we print a drawing of Sweetie Pie? That's what you want to print? Why not? Why not? Nice work. What do you think about the power of the press, Ruby? I still think it's a waste of time. Even this? It's a drawing of my dagger? You made me a picture of Sweetie Pie? I thought you'd like it. She's beautiful. I mean, uh, it's fine. Thank you. <laughs> the weeks spent writing and publishing out of Danny's warehouse were some of the most rewarding I'd ever had. Despite being a wanted fugitive, I'd never felt more free. I wrote under the name George Williamson, a literal ghost author. With Mad George as my inspiration, I wrote about what I saw on the streets of New York. The conditions for those arriving in this fair city are unacceptable. Dirty, dangerous, and unsafe. Dangerous and unsafe mean the same thing. Hannah checked my grammar and word usage. How about discriminatory? I like the alliteration. Dirty, dangerous, and discriminatory. If they want the city to grow and thrive, the wealthy in New York must use their considerable power and privilege to create jobs and help those less fortunate. Better. 
All the while, I used the power of the press to anonymously investigate George's death. If you have any information about this knife, please leave a note on the docks near Warehouse 15. For weeks, false leads sent me in every direction but forward. Accusations against everyone from the king on down. Until one day, I received a real tip. Looks like this note is for you, genius. Found it stuffed into the planks of the dock. Ugh, smells like flowers. I know who belongs to the knife. Meet me at Trinity Church Cemetery. Tonight, 10 p.m. Come alone. Ben, are you sure about this? You might be meeting a murderer by yourself. In the dark. I'm aware, bud. It's worth the risk. This might finally lead us to George Williamson's murderer. Ruby? Ben, can I have your pillow if you're dead? The first Trinity Church was built in 1698 on Wall Street with help from Captain Kidd himself. The graveyard surrounding it would be the final resting place of many famous New Yorkers and Americans. The church would later be destroyed in the great New York City fire of 1776 and rebuilt, but on that cold December night, the steeple stood tall and straight as I waited in the cemetery for the mystery tipster. 10 p.m. At 10 p.m. on the nose, I heard footsteps on the frozen ground and a shape appeared through the fog. Hello? Hello, Mr. Franklin. I'm not surprised to see it's you. I'm in the Billingsgate. You sent the note? Apologies for all the secrecy, but I'm sure you understand. Is it true what you wrote? You recognize the knife in the drawing? I do. It comes from my family's collection. Where did you find it? Sticking out of George Williamson's back. Oh, I was afraid you were going to say that. Do you know who killed him? Was it your father? Of course not. Father is a proper gentleman and a peaceful man. But I believe it was his manservant, Higgins. The man in the tricorn hat. But why? Mad George was in business with my father. He was printing the stock certificates for his company. Yes, but he got ambitious, greedy... According to Father, George said he'd tell everyone the company was a fraud unless he received half of the profits. So Higgins killed him? He was supposed to pay George to go away, but I suppose he went too far. I'll say. How do you know this? Do you have proof that I can publish? No. This can't come out. George was a proponent of freedom. His, his writings... He wasn't the man he pretended to be in the newspaper, Ben. Not according to Father. But it's not safe for you to pursue this investigation. Higgins is dangerous. Then why are you helping me? Because I like you. You're smart. I saw your sketches. I watched you in court. I think we have a lot in common and I would never want to see anything bad happen to you. Well, that's... Thank you. Uh, but how can I just forget what you've told me? You have to. My father is throwing a big mass ball for the most powerful people in town. He's hoping that they'll all invest in the Manhattan Municipal Company. 
But if his man committed murder... Oh, it's a terrible tragedy. One that befalls many of our fellow citizens. One day, I believe Higgins will suffer the consequences. But Father has the chance to change the future of this city. To make life better for so many people. Hiya! That's my father. Hide! Quickly! Amanda! Now! Amanda! Father! What are you doing in a graveyard at this time of night? Just going for a walk. This neighborhood is not safe. You've got that right. Ow! Stupid gravestone. Higgins, help her into the carriage. Higgins? Uh, sorry, sir. Thought I heard something. Or someone. Come, Amanda. Let's get a good night's sleep. The party is tomorrow. It is a big day for us. For the whole city. Yes, Father. Here! Here! As the carriage pulled away out of sight, I made a fateful decision. I'm going to attend that party. Follow Young Ben Franklin on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. The next episode will be out in a week.